All right. So, <laughs> got to put on my other brain now. All right. Chapter 40, if you're in uh, my compilation on page 103. Uh, but if you're just online, it's going to be in the April 2020 Enzyme uh, magazine. So the future of the church preparing the world for the second, uh, Savior's second coming. It's interesting to note that there's 32 paragraphs or 32 verses, and there's almost an equal amount of footnotes. Um, there's a lot here. There, <laughs> I don't know if we'll be able to, to get, we might be here all night. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, what were your guys' impressions as you were reading through this the uh, this time? Uh, had you read it before? Was this new? Because, uh, you know, when it first came out, I kind of gave it a glance, but I didn't deep dive into it like I did this time. And holy cow, is it worth it? Uh, there's there's a lot of great information. This is kind of the, uh, the game plan book or uh, lesson manual for the, the second coming here. It's, it's very awesome to, to study. Anyway, just kind of throwing it out. What, what stood out to you guys? What impressed you as, as you started diving into it? Well, I was super excited about it when it first came out. I um, Somebody pointed it out to me and it said he had it and uh, I, I read it before I even got the physical copy. Um, and um, I, I wasn't expecting it to be that long. So, you know, I was reading it to Scott and I'm like, well, this is really long, sorry. It's taking <laughs> me a little while to read this to you. <clears throat> but a couple of things, um, time related things stood out to me as I was rereading it. Um, for tonight yeah. in verse two um toward the end of that um he said he says the great latter-day work of which we are a part was established on schedule to bless mm. a waiting and weeping world i'm like on schedule okay very time-based right yeah. in, in verse eight he you know stuck in the middle of all of the stuff about temples right it says in our time a whole complete and perfect union of all dispensations keys and powers are to be welded together now he didn't say in the future he didn't say in coming days <clears throat> what did he say in our time and i went to the footnote for that which is section 128 18 and it's a long stinking verse and i actually started i i suggest you like start at 16 and read through 18 but there's a, a part of it in the middle where joseph is actually talking about the baptism for the dead and stuff and part of this in the middle he says um it is necessary in the ushering in of the dispensation of the fullness mm -hmm. of times which dispensation is now beginning to usher in that a whole and complete perfect union and welding together of dispensations and keys and powers and glories should take place and be revealed from the days of Adam, even to the present time. So Joseph is saying, we're just at the beginning of this dispensation and it should take place. But, and then you flip to president Nelson and he's saying in our time, this will happen now. How much longer do you think we have in our time, considering he's the one saying that he's already, what, 97? Um, I think this is one of the ways he's telling us that things are really, they're coming close. They're coming fast, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and then he goes into the, the quote, the time is coming when those who do not obey the Lord will be separated from those who do. And in the last year and a half, there has been a lot of <clears throat> um, banding of that phrase about from yeah. both sides of an argument, right? Both thinking that they are the ones who are right. But right after that, he says, our safest insurance is to be worthy of admission to his holy house. And I think if we look at that and say, okay, what are the temple recommend questions? Are we worthy for our temple recommend? If we are, then we're okay. Then we are in the in the group of those who are are obeying the Lord. And all you have to do is look at the world around and see all of the people who are um, 
speaking out against or you know for something that the church is against, um, especially this week, and you know all of those things, the people stepping away from the Lord, you mm. know, yeah, um, and it it's it's just incredible to me to see all of those people, but it it was very interesting, you know, to to, to see that time difference, right? Where he's yeah. You know, it, the whole restoration happened at a specific time. It's all planned and, and and it's perfect, right? The Lord does everything just in time. It's all perfectly planned. And then to see the difference between Joseph in the future and President Nelson saying our time. And then you bring in his last talk that we just talked about. The time is now. Yeah. So, anyway, that was... That was one of the things that really stood out to me. Mm -hmm. I have something to add to that, actually. Um, when I was reading this, uh, I loved that quote, too. The, the time is coming when those who do not obey the Lord will be separated from those who do. And then if you look at that footnote, it sends you to, you know, the parable of the wheat and the tares. Mm -hmm. And I was just reading. I, I'm actually reading The Second Coming of the Lord by Gerald Lund right now. And I had just read a couple of days ago um, where he had talked about that. And, and in the footnote in 86, one through seven, if you go to verse five, it said, behold, verily, I say unto you, the angels are crying unto the Lord day and night who are ready and waiting to be sent forth to reap down the fields. And so he talks about this. And he shares a couple of quotes from, um, from Wilford Woodruff. And he says, I want, uh, and he talks specifically about this concept, about this um, verse. I want to bear my testimony to you that God has held the angels of destruction for many years, lest they should reap down the wheat with the tares. But I want to tell you now that those angels have left the portals of heaven and they stand over this people and this nation now and are hovering over the earth waiting to pour out the judgments and from this very day they shall be poured out calamities and troubles are increasing in the earth if you do your duty and i do my duty we'll have protection and shall pass through the afflictions in peace and safety and then he says, what is the matter with the world today? What has created this change that we see coming over the world? And this was a long time ago. Woodrow Wolf, uh, Woodruff. <laughs> okay. Uh, why, why these terrible earthquakes, tornadoes, and judgments? What is the meaning of all these mighty events that are taking place? The meaning is there, the, these angels have been held for many years in the temple of our God, have got our liberty, have got their liberty to go out and commence their mission and their work in the earth. And they are here today in the earth. So I just thought that was so cool because it just wow. tied that all right in together. And, um, you know, if we don't think it's happening yet, it is, it's in the process. So mm -hmm. I just thought that was, that was really cool. Yeah. Well, I find it interesting you brought up the wheat and the tares. Um, have you ever studied how the, the harvest and the separation of the wheat and the tares will happen? No, I haven't. Okay, so the wheat will actually, as it's ripe, it will bow down, it will bend over. The tares will stand up straight. So you can look at it, the wheat will become humble, the tares will remain proud. So the wheat will be gathered out right? And the tares will be there going, ah, ha, ha, look, see, we were right, these guys, and the wheat gets taken out into the barn, right, into the garner, and what happens to the wheat? It gets the crap beat out of it to knock all the kernels down, right? So the wheat gets, gets harvested, pulled aside, gets, gets taken and just beat all the smithereens to get those kernels and to get the wheat actually to fall through into the garner where it is safe. All the time, the tares still stranded, standing up straight and proud in the field. 
until mm -hmm. they're gathered and all burned. So just think about, you know, if when you really understand the process that happens, mm -hmm. you know, there are some people who are going to, they may say, you know, some proud who may say, oh, look, look at these humble people who have, you know, they're, they're being pushed out or they're being whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, taken and separated out, right? Um, well, we know from, we know from reading Isaiah that, <laughs> that, you know, that's going to happen, right? The proud. I mean, they talk, yeah. he talks a lot about pride and, Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen to the proud so yeah that's i love that symbolism that's very interesting yeah but and those who are meek and humble um you know they're gathered out but, but then they're really you know they're beat up a lot right and they are they're what, what did you they're thrashed <laughs> they're thrashed mm -hmm. and, and and that if you look at the traditional teachings and some of the traditions that I know that I grew up with in the church of, well, if something bad happens to you, you must have been doing something wrong. There must have been, you know, this is your consequence for your choice. And those of us who have got all this great stuff happening to us, you know, we're the, we're the righteous ones, we're the, um, you know, everything along those lines. Um, and I, I see that kind of pride um, in in people in the church, you know, not every, I, I see it, I've seen it in people every, everywhere I've le lived, right? So, you know, and, and I've, I've heard it taught as I've grown up in the church. And so it's one of those things that we have to realize that that's not, that's not right. That the lack of, um, the lack of trials does not make mean that you are more righteous. And, mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of those who are being referenced by the tares, I think that that is, um, that's their attitude. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I love that symbolism there. <clears throat> In, in verse one, you know, you talk, Cameron, you talk about patterns and all of this. And here he is referring to at the, toward the bottom of um, verse one, this work is empowered by a divine announcement made 200 years ago. And it was 200 years ago, because this was April, 2020. And so I don't think we can um, discount or overlook um, Mm -hmm. I, my brain is just not 100% here tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. We can't overlook the significant um, um, anniversary dates and, and things like that. Yeah. I, I think that they, they're, they're right out, they're right in front of us. Mm -hmm. Exactly that 200 years. And it, another one, the, the seven words, right? They, Mm -hmm. there's a, a lot of symbolism lots of patterns there uh, to be had yeah i have a question mm -hmm. it's num number five so i've got a son-in-law that thinks that he's 20 becky how old's he 27 26 somewhere around there who kate oh, yeah 27 um that Christ won't come until he's an old man because of things that he's been shown. And I thought, well, circumstances certainly could age you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I'm reading this verse and thinking, okay, I can see how he would think that it is, you know, I've got like a dozen years in my head at the current time, you know, not that I'm looking for timelines, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to keep my eyes open. Anyway, I, I'm wondering what everybody thinks the fullness of Christ's ministry is. And just, I would love to read those and see what everyone's thoughts are on it. Yeah. Interesting. Cause like when you normally talk about Christ's ministry, what it, I mean, we're talking about 33 years <laughs> over in, in Palestine, right? Yet the fullness of Christ's ministry lies in the future. I thought that was just such an interesting phrase to, to be 
thinking about. But yes, I, I can see a lot of people taking that and going, oh, so you're basically saying <laughs> that the rest of your talk we don't need to listen to because everything's hinging on that verse. It's it's a long time in the future. <laughs> so let's all sit back on our laurels, right? <laughs> and the prophecies of his second coming have yet to be fulfilled when we know that. I feel like the second coming is a, a long Mm-hmm. yeah it's a process just like the restoration is yeah and um that we're just building up to the climax of this last dispensation which we know that's true but i can see where people would think that it's quite a ways away still and so i just was wondering what everybody's thoughts were are well i i think um a lot of people think of the second coming of Christ as when he comes in his glory and the world is burned and you know everything like that. I think that that may still be a ways away. Um, uh, I think that there are several times that he's going to come before that time. And I think that Zion is going to be established uh, maybe a fair bit of time before that happens so that the people can go out from Zion and gather in other people so that all of these people can be gathered in um, before he comes. And then there will be still some people who are not members, but who are keeping a terrestrial law who will not be burned at his coming, but then who will still have to be taught. And you don't have the fullness of his ministry until all of them are taught, until all of that is done. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end of the millennium, then we have another battle, right? Before everything's finally finished. So all of that is still probably a thousand years away. Um, but there's a lot that's coming that we need to be prepared for and that we need to do and that are all of the things coming into and preparing for the second coming. And there's all the different appearances, you know, Adam on Diamond and on the Mount of Olives and at the temple in the New Jerusalem. You know, so we have all of those events that still aren't the second coming of the Lord. But if you're not ready before those things happen, you know, then you're really going to be behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. people always say um you know that christ won't come until the temple in new jerusalem is built but do you think that will be announced like any other temple or is it going to be only a select few that get to build it and it won't be announced the people who know about it will build it and the rest of us won't <laughs> i i I think that there's going to be a whole lot of upheaval before that happens and that there will be people who will be going there and will start building it. And I think there's going to be so much else going on in the world. People are going to be paying attention to, they're not going to be paying attention to us building a temple. Right. And, and I just didn't think it would be announced because it's kind of like the talk by, was it Uktor for one about the chickens, you know, and if, if it was announced, Oh, we're going to build a temple. People will go, oh, that means the second coming coming soon. Oh boy. And people will just panic. I would think it would be like the chickens yeah. molting, yeah, you know? And I'm like, so I was thinking it's going to happen toward the end and we might not know about it and we might not be invited. So many people think they're going to know about it. And I'm thinking maybe we won't even know that it's being built. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on if part of your mission is to go there and to help. Build right. It, and if it's not, you might not know about it. So, mm -hmm. but people yeah. are so sure that they're going to be told that we're going to be building a temple that the building, you know, the building of the temple in New Jerusalem has started. And then, then, then we'll know we're in the last days and the second coming's close. And I'm like, I don't think we might not even know that it's happening. If we're not the chosen people, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but. I didn't think we might not know it. I think I there are a lot of things that are going on that we don't know about and that we're not uh -huh. being told about. Um, yeah. You know, just look at how we as a church react when we are told about certain things. Right. And all the pushback that they get and everything, you know, anything that they announce to the general membership of the church, they're also announcing to the world. And there are some things that I think they don't want to announce to the world. 
like right hey we're gonna build yeah. this temple in new jerusalem well, it's like leslie's son i have friends that think it's gonna it's a long way off it's not going to be in their lifetime it's so far off and oh they'll announce the temple in new jerusalem and then we'll know and i'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> i just was thinking about that i'm thinking no they won't i think it'll just it'll just just upset lots of people or get them all excited you know and not maybe a good way and not a good way (laughs) i think there might be a big a huge division and a huge um separation before they get to that point so then they might announce it to the people who are left um, right you know if they can communicate with us right you know because we're being primed to be able to handle things if we lose communication with salt lake exactly Um, but it's it's interesting you should ask that i just um, on one of the online forums I'm in, somebody made a post this past week saying, well, I think that um, whatever we're supposed to do, they should be telling us from the pulpit. <laughs> yes, I have friends that say that. Oh, they'll tell us when it's going to happen and what to do. And I'm like, they've already told you. Hear him. <laughs> you know? I know. And, and I want to I wanna just quote, you know, Doctrine and Covenants, you know, about <laughs> the, you know, the 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 slothful servant he who must be commanded in all things is a slothful servant and my kids my my kids if you would have asked them when they were growing up what's your mother's favorite scripture ah that one (laughs) somebody asked them and that's what they said they just said it right off the top of the you know their head and i'm going Oh, okay. Because I would have gone, well, I don't know. You know, there's all sorts of really good ones, but the one that apparently I quoted to them all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. was um, about the slothful servant and must, you know, be commanded in all things. Yeah. So, but I, I think that we will not be told. Um, you know, I think that there are a lot of things that we, that they have been telling us already. Right. that um like people are asking you know is the first presidency going to tell us what the mark of the beast is so we don't take it no (laughs) they're not going to tell actually they already well well yeah conference yeah you know elder christopherson gave this long talk that everybody he talked about um agenda 2030 uh-huh. And everybody got all upset because he was referencing Agenda 2030. Well, he went into detail about it. And then he said, but that's not the Lord's way. This is the Lord's way. And I'm like, how much more plain can he get? This is the Lord's way. And this is Satan's way. And, you know, if you're going to embrace that, embrace everything that goes along with that, that is taking that mark on yourself. You know, he didn't use those words because, again, anything they tell us, they're telling the whole world. There's, right. there's not much that's being told privately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we're t- being told if you read between the lines and you read the footnotes, we are being told. And there are conferences that, you know, prepare this, this, prepare for the second coming. But people are, they, I think they want to live in denial because they don't want to face it, I guess. They don't want to be. Uh, physically emotionally spiritually and mentally prepared maybe it's too much it's too much work because i don't know <laughs> they, they would have but, to give up their idol their idols adult, yeah their idolatry exactly. yeah mm-hmm. well, I, they would actually I, have to change their their focus i think yeah. too that that you know we've been talking about this for what 200 years now And so I think people are just kind of conditioned to always think it's way, way far in the future. You know, now that it's getting closer, I think that people are just not wanting to see that, you know, because Mm -hmm. it was, it was right during COVID that I, I started to, right at the beginning of COVID, I started to really wake up and I was sharing some things with one of my daughters and she's like, oh, they've been saying that for years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they just, people just don't, don't think that it'll ever actually happen. I think that's not a reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause it is kind of abstract when you think about it, it, something like that happening. I mean, the Lord actually coming is, 
wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, did we ever really, really think this was gonna happen? You know, it's yeah, how it's gonna play out and all the <laughs> right and stuff. And another thing that I s- seem to find a lot, um, you know, within my my own life and stuff too, is that um, I think many of us are are so afraid of being deceived that we're not willing to um, venture outside of our, our comfort zone with revelation, you know, and that's why I think hear him was so instrumental. Right. But, um, you know, like, no, unless the brethren say it, we cannot do it. You have to be commanded in all things, right? Like to, to make sure to stay safe. And because we see the winnowing process happening over many years, but, you know, especially given the, the last uh, couple of years, but, you know, there's a, uh, a fear about it because we may not be strong enough in our own revelatory processes with, with the Lord. And so it's just, oh, oh, as long as I follow the brethren, I'm going to be just fine. So as soon as they tell me that the, <laughs> the temple's built and that the Savior's coming, then I'll, I'll, I'll start into it. But, you know, it, with anybody with eyes to see, ears to hear, the, the Lord's mm-hmm. preparing <laughs> people uh, individually and, and giving that, that process mm-hmm. ahead of time. Has anybody it's watched that Feral Pickering, um, the Appointed Times video? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I rewatched it again. It's very, it's very good. And he bases it on he- a lot of Hebrew stuff and the Hebrew feasts. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, uh, I'm like, this is the best one I think I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the most probably accurate one I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like theirs. That's a that's the order that's going to be coming in next week. So I'll I'll let you see all those books. <laughs> can, you repeat, Elle, can you repeat what that was? My thing, my screen was for everything was frozen for about. Oh, okay, I'll try to find the link for it. There's one that the Sisters of Liberty did, which is not as good, and then there's one he did on his own presentation, uh, but it's called "Appointed Times of the Lord" by Farrell Pickering. Out. Who, I don't know who he is. He's I'm not sure who he is, but he studied Hebrew and he oh, studied okay. it for years and studied Isaiah and Daniel and kind of put, he, he doesn't like to call it a timeline, but just kind of the order in which things are. Oh, is this um, Pickering's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pickering's. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And I thought about it again because I've been praying about to know what to do. And, and, you know, because people just keep saying, oh, it's a long way off. And I'm like, it can't be. It just can't be, not with what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so I started to watch it again and it just made so much sense. And -hmm. it's what I've been thinking all along, roughly within a couple of years. So it's like, and it makes sense, I thought, where the temple would be built you know, after the tribulations and people, you know, are sorted, the wheat and the tares are sorted. And so it's what's left and the people that are righteous and, and willing to do the work, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it just, he didn't talk about that, but that's what I surmised from what he was saying or the notes that I had that somebody had shared when I first found it. So yeah. I just think we're closer. I mean, we're not like one or two years, but it's, I think a decade, a decade and a half or less. And so we're, we're heading into, I mean, all <laughs> and, know and just we're with heading that into kind of a time frame. I mean, um, just with that kind of a time frame. I mean, uh, <laughs> just preparing for the last couple of years, I'm like, holy cow, I'm going to need all of that time <laughs> to, to get all yeah. of the in a row kind of thing. It's like, I'm, I'm grateful that it's uh, right but yeah, it, that, that's pretty quick. Uh, knowing that it'll come in our, our lifetime kind of thing. Because you... Yeah. And I guess it depends whether you, we're going to be called out or we're not going to be. And I don't know that everybody will be. It might be a personal thing. Um, I don't know. That's, that's what's the hard thing. If we're not called out to go certain places or we have missions in certain places, you know, it's just hard to know. I think that's where personal revelation is huge. Yeah. And knowing where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and so, so I don't know. I'm just doing that. what I'm doing and just waiting. I figure maybe as time gets closer, I'll be guided to go someplace or do something different than I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying to listen to what I'm supposed to do now. And 
I get like you got with your family and intervention. I get lots of grief because <laughs> they think I'm just insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where does it say that here in, in this talk? Um, like verse 27, 28 or whatever, you know, do whatever it takes to strengthen your faith um, by uh, increasing your, your study and everything. In 28, you will have days when you will be discouraged. So pray for courage not to give up. Sadly, some who you thought were your friends will betray you and some things will simply seem unfair. Like we're, um, let's see, there's more to it. Like 25, I think, um, rarely in the future will it be easy or popular to be a faithful Latter-day Saint. Each of us will be tested. Like there has to be a test or else you, you don't advance, you don't um, progress spiritually, right? And that um, those who diligently follow the Lord shall suffer persecution. That's, that's part of it so that we can uh, push past it, you know, much with mm -hmm. Isaiah's So we can it. grow. Yep. It's just kind mm -hmm. of a given. And so, you know, being excited when those things happen to us and, and pushing past them with <laughs> and everything. <Yes. laughs> but yeah, so many people are going to call us crazy and it, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, back in, in verse 27, Cameron, what you were talking about, about um, strengthening your faith in Jesus Christ by increasing your understanding of the doctrine taught in his restored church and by relentlessly seeking truth. We need to know um increase our understanding of doctrine what is doctrine and what's not doctrine what is doctrine and what is culture because there are a lot of people who want to call cultural things doctrine amen and we will get <laughs> pushed back if we challenge that but we have to relentlessly seek the truth yes. and if we do that we will it it's, we're not going to be popular. We will suffer persecution and we may lose some friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then we'll minister to them right back. <laughs> That's part of the pattern. But then in that promise in verse 29, right? He says, I promise you, as you follow Jesus Christ, you will find sustained peace and true joy. As you keep your covenants with increasing precision, um, you know, the Lord will bless you with strength and wisdom. And I was like, okay, so what covenants do we need to keep with increasing precision? Yeah. So, you know, where do we make covenants, right? Baptism. What do we covenant? What do we covenant to like, do at baptism? The, the full covenants and stuff? Okay, put on my, my game hat. Put on, put on oh. your hat, Cameron. What do we covenant <laughs> at baptism? Yeah, to, to right? remember him, yeah. To remember him, take upon him our, ourselves his name, but also to mourn with those who mourn, to comfort those who stand in need of comfort, right? So we mm -hmm. need to do those things with increasing precision, okay? Then we have the, the law of sacrifice, right? We're supposed to... What are we sacrificing? We are to sacrifice our natural animal, right? Set it aside so that we can ascend and become more, right? So there's that. We have the law of the Lord. We have to keep, what is the law of the Lord? It's basically two commandments. We have two. Love the Lord with all your heart, might, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else falls into one of those two categories, mm -hmm. right? And then- we need to be morally clean and we need to consecrate everything we have for the Lord. If we do those things with increasing precision, the Lord will bless us with strength and wisdom. That last one is huge. The consecration. It's mm -hmm. not our body or anything except our will. And we say our, our, my home, my money, my car, my children, we're just mm -hmm. stewards. We're just like stewards. storage, yep. right? How many people are like, um, well, I've done all this work to do food storage, and am I just going to be told to bring it all into the to the the meeting house, and then the bishop's going to give it to everybody else, and then we're all going to starve? <laughs> um, a, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, we're doing this emotional resilience self reliance class, and a couple of weeks ago there was a question asked um, about faith. I think it was faith. And the question was, what would you do if you had more faith? Mm -hmm. 
right? And one of the things that stood out to me is if I had more faith, I would be more generous. Because if I had faith that the Lord was going to take care of everything that I needed, I could be generous with everyone else and not feel like I needed to hold anything back for me because the Lord will take care of me, right? If we have more faith, if you have more faith, what will you do? How will you behave? How will you act? How will you treat others? If you have more faith, and we talked about faith and unbelief in Triumph of Zion, what do we have to have to build Zion? We have to have that faith. So each one of us will have a different answer to that question. If I had more faith, what would I do? And, and I think that we will covet our own stuff less. Yeah. And we can still be a good steward of it. You know, uh, we, we've, we have consecrated our, our storage and all the stuff that we have, you know, to the Lord, right? We have, we have told him, you know, this is yours. You know, we're going to do everything in our power to be good stewards of that. We're trying to store it properly. We're trying to take good care of it. We are trying to multiply it like the, the talents, right? we're trying to protect it from elements from theft from you know whatever else but ultimately if the lord wants to give it to somebody else he will but right now we are the stewards of it and we have the use of whatever it is that we need mm -hmm. right yeah. and i think it's like the same but in in the issue of time like being a good steward of time and like, don't let other people steal it. Don't let it go to waste. Like all of those things that you just mentioned on, on the food storage and stuff. It's like, it, it's a crucial one. And I have to learn that lesson over and over again. <laughs> but that that's part of our consecration, right? And we each have the different things that we need to focus on, on our consecration. Yeah. With increased like, precision. I love that phrase. Yeah. With increasing precision. And then we will get the strength and the wisdom. The wisdom to know what we need to do next, how to do it, how to how to protect it, how to be good stewards. We'll have the strength to be able to protect what we need to protect and the strength to give it away if we need to give it away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And uh, one thing that kind of pops out in that same thing with in the middle of 29, uh, just right after that, increased precision. And as you defend the church and kingdom of God on earth today, you know, being good stewards of his church in our own callings, assignments and, and things too, right? That, I mean, the, the church is his, but we're stewards in our own little parts of the vineyard and, um, protecting it with that that same zeal and everything and defending it you know look at the initiatory prayer and and stuff as i'm memorizing it that like defending that it, it you know it's a very active verb defend the church and kingdom of god on the earth today i think that that falls right in line with the, the consecration cameron that's something that you would know um because the women have different things <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're 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 given we're given different things than, mm -hmm. than the guys <clears throat> so another thing um in verse 20 he talks about how christ will govern from two world capitals the old jerusalem and the new jerusalem right where he, he will direct the affairs of his church and kingdom, right? So the church will come from old Jerusalem and the kingdom, you know, as the law will come from new Jerusalem. And, you know, I've been doing this study on the constitution and everything. And I'm wondering, you know, if the constitution came from the Lord in its form before it's been messed with, with however many amendments that we imperfect humans have tried to do. Um, is that what the law is going to look like? Interesting, yeah.
Something else to study. Don't give me more assignments. Yes. <laughs> well, you gave me a bunch more. <laughs> turn around, turn out fair play. It. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I found it interesting over in 11 where he uses Jeremiah 16, 16, different than, than a lot of things I've heard, right? Where, um, let's see, in many nations, our members and missionaries have searched for those of scattered Israel. They have hunted for them out of the holes of the rocks and they have fished for them as in ancient days. And so, you know, I, I've heard that in different ways applying to the 144,000, right? Uh, will come the time of the hunters. But, but here he's saying that uh, our missionaries have done that. Um, and so it was kind of an interesting thing as I was wrestling through that, like, okay, okay, I, I, I see where, where he said it with a, uh, in context of, you know, the, the preceding paragraphs and, and the ones following up. Well, I think that depending on what the mission is, you know, even now you may go to a mission where it's more like fishing. You just cast your net in and you gather them in, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then there are those missions where you really have to hunt. My daughter went to Berlin, Germany, which had been behind the wall and every had had institutional and governmental atheism for um 15 years when she went on her mission well no probably 17 years or so when she went on her mission so an entire generation of people had grown up without even knowing anything about god and having no use for god and and it really was like hunting people they had, to, they talked to so many people and they, she only had a few baptisms in her 18 months, right? And you contrast that to um, some of the South American missions, um, some of the Caribbean missions, you know, where you teach one person in a family, the next thing you know, you got 20 people at a baptism, you know, all getting baptized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Scott, who did you how many did you have on Easter? 13? When when Scott went on his mission to Argentina in the early 80s, on one Easter Sunday, they had 13 people getting baptized. <laughs> Goodness. Yep. Nope. Yep. And and our son Reese had very he had um he's the one who had like a, a family of like 20 or something they didn't get baptized on the same day but you know it, they got the whole family mm -hmm. so those are definitely fishing expeditions but berlin germany was hunting hunting out of the holes of the rocks for sure yeah yeah very much so and I, I just heard a talk. Oh, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was an older video. It was talking about how, how when Christ comes again, that there will be a couple billion people who will want to join the church and will need to be taught. And what are we going to have to do? We've, we're training leaders now. We're, we're baptizing and training leaders now so that they will be ready to, um, to be the stake presidents, to be the bishops, to be, you know, all of the, all of the structure to be able to absorb that many people. Yeah, think about like the the growth that's that's in that that kind of a time frame. Because like right now we're 
it's not stagnant. That's the wrong word. But I mean, there, it's definitely interesting with numbers wise versus what's going to happen in the future. You know, we're going to start seeing temples in, in the thousands rather than the hundreds. We're going to start seeing a huge influx and stuff. We're going to need that, um, that, that call to action like uh, President Nelson gave in his very first uh, conference address, right? That I don't know. It's just a, a huge... Um, surge that, that hope of Israel as we study that here in a couple of weeks um, the the youth battalion um, we're we're in the training stage right now we're we're doing kind of the Zion's camp preparations and then um, the, the future is going to be fun for mm-hmm. well and and here in in verse 17 you know he says the gathering takes place in each nation you know now yeah. The gathering place for Brazilians is in Brazil and Nigerian saints is in Nigeria. Korean saints is in Korea. Zion is the pure in heart. It is wherever righteous saints are. And so, you know, we have a tendency here in the U.S. We think so very much the U.S. is the center of everything. And it kind of, it really kind of is in many ways. Um, but not everybody is going to go to Jackson County. We've got a whole world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, Everything I think, will be Zion eventually. I think where everybody will need to go is to the temples. And how can the, how can the gathering place of every country be a temple in their country unless we have a temple there? And so, you know, that's where you, you look at all the different little countries where we just announced we're going to build temples. Yeah. You know, like the Congo and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. There's already a temple in one and the other 12 kilometers away. Why do we need another one there? Well, because there's a country line in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They will need that in the future as they navigate the certainties of the future (laughs) if the place of refuge is going to be at the temples then what do they need right Mm -hmm. and if you if you then go and you look at um president nelson's talk about the debris removing the debris Mm -hmm. did we just talk about that the temple in your spiritual foundation Uh uh-huh yeah that Mm -hmm. was just recently last yeah yeah so at the end of that he says there will be no safer place during an earthquake in the Salt Lake Valley than inside that temple, you know, when the Salt Lake Temple is complete. But no safer place than inside that temple. And he just talked in this other this talk we're doing or the article today about the separation and being worthy to enter the temple. So this place of refuge may be the temple. And, and, you know, that's where the safety is going to be in the temple and in your temple covenants. And that's no matter where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, the temple covenants will bring you the safety. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting to me how um this article and the the restoration proclamation like are like companion things together because um of like everything that you're you're talking about is like reminding me of uh things in in the proclamation as well uh like this is april 2020 enzyme and then in the hear him talk of april 2020 is where he actually gives that that restoration proclamation it's mm-hmm. like if you look at, at that, it doesn't have any footnotes during the actual proclamation. Somebody pointed that out in group A. And I, I think that's because it, he has this companion talk that's that's in the enzyme. I think they're kind of meant to be studied together in, in that aspect, uh, especially where you're uh, referencing the, those temples and, and that future work there. Yeah, the, the, the proclamation will be the footnote for other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a source document it's not footnoted mm-hmm. yeah 
Exactly. It'll be fun as we like study it next week on, on the tales of uh, this um, and kind of seeing those, those comparisons and those uh, interesting insights. But yeah, so much <laughs> to, to study in it. Sorry, I took so long at the beginning, but um, yeah, so many fun things, so many different avenues we go down. Well, we had all sorts of questions for you in the beginning. So, you know, this is <laughs> no, we can, we got all we can of talk about what we want, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where like uh, the Isaiah Dakota one on Saturdays, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm very respectful. It's the very much on the hour we, we close and we're on topic. <laughs> These ones, we could do whatever we want. But yeah. Can I bring something else up? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's verse uh, nine. The, the end is about um, worthiness. Mm -hmm. And it says the greatest gift you could give to the Lord is to keep yourself unspotted from the world, worthy to attend his holy house. His gift to you will be the peace and security um, of knowing that you are worthy to meet him whenever that time comes. So I'm taking that as if you were worthy to, I never thought of it this way, but no, that's not true. Um, if you're worthy to be in his house, you're worthy to see him when he deems, is that what you are taking it to me uh-huh yeah if you've like answered the the temple recommend interviews uh you know honestly with, with full purpose of heart you know like mm -hmm. that, that worthiness if you're feeling the the holy spirit um well i i hear that reference all the time right like if, if you're feeling the holy spirit you're worthy to partake of the sacrament and right. uh, that's kind of like an indicator and uh, again with like uh, temple worthiness and, and things to I mean, we're there to learn the pattern. And so if we've answered all the questions properly in our heart and in our conduct and everything, then that peace and security, when that time comes. Why do you suppose so? Well, I guess I don't know this for sure, but it, it seems like a much smaller percentage of people are seeing Christ compared to the number that are worthy to and do go to the temple. Because mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily think worthiness equates to the, the veils of unbelief. I think we still have to rend those veils of unbelief, even though we're worthy, we're, we're in a progression. But once we fully can rend all veils and fulfill the pattern, then we can turn the key and actually enter into his presence. Um, you know, well, uh, that would be my the next question. That is what what. needs you to see Well, and Scott just Scott just um, said it depends on what the Lord needs. If the yeah, Lord needs you to time. see him, yeah. If he needs you to see him so that you can carry out something of your mission for him, then if you are worthy, it will happen. If um, if it's not needful at that time, I mean, there are, you can rend all the veils of unbelief, like the brother of Jared, right? I, I can't keep myself from your presence, yeah. right? There, there are very few of those instances. Um, but if the Lord needs us to, to be able to see him or do something for him or for the mission that he's given to us then i think that it will happen mm -hmm. um it, as long as we're cooperative as long as we are cooperative and we are worthy um but it's it's also a safety net for us right because once you enter that once you have seen him once you've been in his presence there's no going back right there's no we are accountable for so much more 
-hmm. at that point. And, and it really is a kindness and a blessing to not be as accountable if it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. I guess I, I agree somewhat and I am, I still have questions and that probably are, because if you, if that's something you've been promised, then, you know, you want to know what the sticking point is on mm -hmm. that as if it's his wish and desire then um, the veils need to be rent and mm -hmm. well it, it maybe part of it is you know it is our own desire and if we really understand you know what difference that is really going to make in our life and are we ready for that Sometimes well, we might not be ready for that. We might think we are. <laughs> we might think, think we're ready for that. <laughs> if it's something coming from the Lord, then that isn't our idea. That is his idea. So, Darlene, you've been so quiet. <laughs> She's muted. Oh, yeah, I answered that whole thing. You didn't even hear me. Oh no! <laughs> no, I I don't mean to be quiet. I've just taken it all in. It's been really interesting. We need your wisdom. Yeah, if you wouldn't believe it, me and my mom are very like backward, shy people. Like you know, in Sunday school, we're we're in the back. We're just listening, taking it in. We're not. <laughs> I've been in my new ward six months, and I don't think I've said one thing yet. So. <laughs> You wouldn't believe it by the fact that yeah. I mean, I spoke, that was it, so. I'm going to go to your ward and be like, hey, guys, Leslie's a chatterbox. You need to, you need to crack that open. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> Leslie is full, full of wisdom and knowledge. <laughs> Listen to her. Not, not in small groups like you guys that I, that I trust, it's good, but. <laughs> no. Oh. I think that we're all going to experience that same thing, right? Because most people are not ready for the depth with which we study and we discuss. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Scott has made comments in in Sunday school before that are just kind of the kinds of comments that we would make. And people just kind of like stare at them, including the teacher. And you get crickets and they're kind of like, they don't know how to respond. <laughs> What do you say to that? <laughs> what do you say to that? They just move on. They just, they just move on as if nothing was said. They just go on. And you're just like, really? <laughs> there are so many times that I have something that I could say that I am constrained from saying in mm -hmm. Sunday school because there are people there who are not ready. Yeah. So. Don't feel bad if you sit in the back and you listen. And when you're prompted to say something, then say something. Um, bring out something that we've studied or that you've noticed or whatever, because you've actually studied the material. And then say something. And then maybe it'll be for somebody who's ready for that tidbit of information. Can we go back to like the verse 11 down through like 14 or even longer, whatever. Yeah. But on 14, when it says, I will bless thee through thy name for as many as receive this gospel shall be called after thy name and shall be accounted thy seed and they shall rise up and bless thee as their father. So in, I'm old, I'll tell you that now, but <laughs> my my a, por a portion in my patriarchal blessing says that i need to do my own book of remembrance so that tells you you know that's they don't call them that anymore i don't think but it says and make sure and get that done because when the lost 10 tribes come you will be required to help them do their book of remembrances so that kind of just hit me there where it says you know account for thy seeds and yeah and that, that i 
because I've always thought, really, they're gonna have, we're gonna have to write down their book of remembrance. Come on, seriously, I'm not gonna be doing that. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just just yeah. screamed at me when I read that, yeah. and it didn't before because I've got stuff highlighted in it, but it didn't do anything before. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the return kind of, of the ten tribes is closer now. Maybe. Yeah. As it's getting there and it's like, hey, Kathy, what, what you got? How are you doing on that? Not so good. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep hate- prodding to start on it so that by the time they come back, you'll have it done. <laughs> you know. But yeah, that, that verse 13 and 14 is, is coming directly from the Abrahamic covenant there. Um, looking yeah. at the, the footnote P, Abraham 2, 9 through 10. But um, I think we read that in, in group A as well. Uh, it starts in like verse 8, uh, where Jehovah declares, uh, uh, behold, it's Jehovah that speaks to you and, and then gives that whole uh, Abrahamic covenant and that, that accounting of the seed. That, that's an interesting point to, to pull out there. Yeah, and it, like I said, that's just, and we must have, because I've had stuff highlighted in it, but that didn't ever scream at me like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just kind of crazy. I love it. Well, that's your, your golden ticket <laughs> into the, the end times, right? <laughs> I'm not so sure of that. I've, <laughs> I still got a lot of repentance Because <laughs> I ain't been what what's that sorry what did it what did it say in your blessing again if you don't mind sharing was it like it 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 said that i needed to do my book of remembrance make sure and get your book of remembrance done because when the lost pen tribes come back onto our earth to the to america to the earth again i will be required i will be charged with whatever the wording i don't know something to the effect with helping them do their book of remembrances so it's coming back to the earth is that what it says yeah yes when they are here again when they are found and here again on earth okay the i will be charged with helping them to do their book of remembrance something to that it's i mean i don't have word for word so i have it in front of me but but i i've never nothing's i mean i thought okay genealogy but you know book of remembrance it's i mean yeah you have some genealogy in it but you have a lot of your what you've done and things that have happened in your life thank you and i'm 60 by the way if that helps (laughs) (laughs) you're not that much older than me (laughs) Yeah, in my patriarchal blessing, it says that uh, later in life, I'll have the, the spirit of, of temple and family history work. And so when I got my, my first uh, temple family history calling at the age of 30, I was like, oh, shoot, that's a death sentence. <laughs> <laughs> later in life. <laughs> you, you know what, though? Now you mentioned that. Mine, there's two things about temple in mine that says, and I always thought it was kind of weird because mm-hmm. it said, um plan for some time to go to the temple it is not needed now the time will come when it's the right time for you but now is not that time and i always thought really that's weird yeah interesting but yeah and then going back to this spirit and being like is now the time (laughs) well i went i i mean i ended up going through but then i was divorced and and, you know, went inactive for numerous years, numerous. And it's only been the last five years that I've been back active and got my recommend back and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, wow. Have fun. Yeah, I love hearing little tidbits like that. Well, it's weird when you get that and go, holy crap. Is yeah, that you finally that start understanding uh, different parts in different ways. Like, oh. Yeah, because I thought, you know, I thought that was like the goal of every, you know, push, especially with my age. I mean, back then, that was it. 
you just go, you get married in the temple, you get married, you have kids, you get married in the temple, you have kids, you, you know, that was just it. That was the way. And I always thought that's crazy that it's not even telling me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else from this, uh, this article before we end up for the night? Sorry, I've kept everyone so long. <laughs> I'm all about the sorry tonight. I shouldn't apologize so much. I think we had a great time. Yeah, it was such a fun one. I probably should have started recording for the whole preamble, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's been fun. We'll um, Restoration Proclamation. <laughs> I keep having to remind myself what we're doing. So yeah, Restoration Proclamation is, if you're in uh, my compilation, it's chapter 43, um, and it starts in verse, uh, 37. So it's on page 118. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. All right, everyone. It's been super fun. <laughs> we'll catch everyone next week. Have a great week, Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You guys.